All right, here we go. My name's Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 354 of the world-famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. Got chapped lips. I don't really. It's not something I ever really. And I think it's. I think it's because it's so cold at night. Like when I'm sleeping. And uh, Tony. Tony's afraid to turn. The, you know. She, she, she. Every time she walks by the uh, thermostat, she cranks it down a little bit because she sees dollar signs flying out the window. You know, and it's, it's cold in here. It's always like slightly too cold. That, I think that's the comfort zone for her. Slightly too cold. That makes it makes her feel like she's uh, you know, saving money. You know, doing being the, uh, you know, doing doing the right thing. I mean, it, 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 I was just at my parents' house where it was like, felt like it was eighty five degrees all the time. I was like, oh my god, I got sweat beads on my forehead, just sitting there watching, you know, Wheel of Fortune or whatever. I'm like, oh my god. We have an air. What is going on? Why is it so hot? Why it's like a swamp in here, you know? And then you go, you come back here, and it's cold. I don't know. Can I, could we get something in between the two? Insane uh, like people. We got the wrong people in charge of the heat and the air conditioning. You know, clearly in my world, the wrong people are in charge. God. She's obsessed with us. My grandmother was like that too, you know. She ever, she was like obsessed with uh, with with turning the heat down, or, or turning the air conditioner, you know. So saving money, like she'd crank it up a little bit in, in the summertime because she's, you know, she thinks she's she's obsessed with it, you know. Tony's like that too. Drives me nuts. So anyway, I'm left there sleeping. It's cold. It's too cold, and I got chapped lips now. And I have never used in my life, all right, I'm proud of this, I'm proud of this, and I'm proud of the fact that I've never set foot in a Dollar General. I've never, never taken a dump at work. These are some of my great achievements. I mean, these, are, this, these will be my legacy. You can add to that list, I've never used chapstick in my life, and I never will. You know why? Because the moment you start using it is the moment you can't live without it. You're a slave to the stick. You can't live without it. And um, you don't need it until you use it. And then when you use it, you always need it. I think it's been said it many times before. So uh, anyway, I've never used it. But right now my lips are a little, I don't know, they're a little scaly. <laughs> it's like I've been eating like pork chops or something. I don't know. It's not good. It's like kind of scaly, like I've, like, like I've been, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like I've been eating oats or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the. But anyway, I, I don't. I don't like that. You know, it's because the the house is too cold. I'm sleeping up there. I'm snoring. I'm snoring. Just breathing in cold air. Just you know, just sucking it in. You know, by the gallons. Just gallons and gallons of cold air. 
anyway, um, that's what's going on here. Uh, hope you hope you're doing well. Um, this coming weekend, I was very excited. You know, I have all this uh, all this time off t- between now and the end of the year. One of those is going to be this coming Thursday and Friday, right? Thursday, Friday off, Saturday, Sunday, a big honking four day weekend. I could use it. Last week, their last yeah, last week was sucking. I mean, I was off Monday, but it sucked. I worked, you know, I was only there for four days, but I worked way more than forty hours somehow, you know. And I go in on Monday. I got, I got all these frick. I got massive amounts of email. I got I got to deal with, and it, it's just a. It was just a a week of high pressure and long hours, right? So it's not. It's good when you're on the time off, but you pay for it, you know. And I'm not blaming all of the. I'm not blaming this week on on having Monday off, but that didn't help. So anyway, I'm coming up. So I'm tired. I'm I'm sick of it, you know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm tired. I want I want to rest. I want. I'd like for there to be just a normal weekend. A long weekend would be ideal, and uh, you know, and just have a like rest and relaxation, a little R and R. Okay, so I was looking forward to that. Coming up this weekend, guess what? Tony's sister's coming down. They're up. I guess in her case, up. She's coming up here. She's going to stay with us for a week. Or not a week, but through the weekend. So, you know, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I don't have any, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know, she's all right. She's fine. She's not a problem. It's just, you know, anytime there's, like, somebody here, it's just... You're out of your routine. You can't live your normal life. You can't just live your life. You, you know, there's somebody and you know visitors. So I don't know. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> so she's gonna be here literally the same days I'm off. Like the whole. I mean, it's like it's, it, I mean, it couldn't have been planned. I mean, I wouldn't have planned it that way. Obviously, why? And I don't. I'm not saying anything about her. I mean, I'm not. She's fine. She's easy to deal with. She's not. She's not a problem. She used to be, but I think she's she's taken it down about a hundred notches, you know, through the years. But we're gonna go. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Tony said something about going to Trogues Brewing Company, which is in Hershey. We might do that one day. That's fine. I love going over there. That'll be actually kind of fun. I mean, if we do that, you know, that'll be fun. I have no issue with that. And then um, they're going to New York City on Saturday, I think. They're going to take a bus over there. And, um, you know, I mean, I'll, I guess Saturday, well, Saturday during the day, um, they'll be in New York. I'm not going. So uh, I will have some downtime there. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just not It's not going to be. So I'm going to go back to work on Monday. <laughs> I'm going to go back to work on Monday, and I'm going to feel like I got no no R and R. I didn't get any R, and I got zero R as well. In addition, you know what I mean? It's like it's like why does this keep happening? Why can't I just have normal times off? Like I had that entire week off when my when I went to see my parents, but I, driving like eight hours, nine hours, ten hours, whatever it is, it's more like nine hours from here to to where my parents lived down near Charleston, West Virginia. And uh, and then you know and then I mean it's just no it's no rest there's no rest <laughs> you know and they're like we well, just had a week off what the hell so yeah but it wasn't restful 
I was looking forward to this weekend. That's fine. I mean, whatever. But it's not going to be. It's not what I had pictured. It's not what I had in my mind. So Nancy will be be up here with us. She's fine. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, also on Saturday, the older boy and I are going to go see Shane Gillis, comedian Shane Gillis, at the Kirby Center in uh, Wilkesbury. So that'll be fun. I've seen uh, I've seen some comedians in my life. You know, I've seen. I think of all the ones I've seen are have been pretty damn good. You know, um, I could I could I can I can break it down for you. But I like Shane Gillis. He's funny. He's, uh, he kind of reminds me of uh, Louis C.K. along those same lines. And, uh, you know, that'll be fun. You know, and the older boy is really into comedy and stand-up comedians and stuff. That's his thing, along with music, like classic rock and that kind of stuff. He's a really good guitar player. And, um, you know, that's that's right in his wheelhouse. And, he, and um, I don't know, we bought the tickets months ago, and uh, the time has come. So this uh, this Saturday, this coming Saturday, we'll go see Shane Gillis. That'll be fun. Uh, looking forward to it. I'll break down all the comedians that I've seen live. Are you ready for this? Steve Martin. These are, these are uh, as far as I can tell, as far as I can remember, these are uh, in chronological order. Steve Martin. That was when I was in ninth grade or eighth, eighth or ninth grade. It's at the Huntington Civic Center. This is back when he was like the biggest stand-up in the world. When he was wearing the white suit, he had the arrow through the head. He was the wild and crazy guy. All that stuff. It was at this giant arena, the Huntington Civic Center. I mean, this is where you go see the Doobie Brothers. This is where you go see, you know, I saw uh, Billy Joel there. I mean, I saw a whole bunch of shows there. It's a big arena. I mean, it's a it's a huge arena, and um, so Steve Martin, uh, you know, was sold out. Came out there, rocked the place. I mean, he was like a rock star at that point. He just walked away from you know from stand up. He just walked away from it. He said, "I got to the point where I didn't even have to be funny anymore. I could just anything I'd say, everybody'd love it." He goes, "What's the point of that? You know, if you don't even have to work for a laugh." You know, what's the point of it? So he just walked away from that. But he he was funny. Everybody loved him. I mean, he was he was hilarious. For some reason, I can remember this joke he did. It's like this giant arena, you know. And, uh, you know, people were, I don't know, a couple football fields away, you know, or a football field and a half away from him. And he goes, this is for the people in the back. This is a special part of the show that I do for the uh, – it's something I do special for the people all the way in the back back there. Is this one's for you. This is called the dime trick. Get it? He's going to do something with a dime, and they're like 100 miles away from that. Eh. Anyway, it was funny. It was a good show. Uh, second would be uh, Jay Leno. Jay Leno at a club, a small little club in Charleston, West Virginia. He was on a, This is back in the days. This is before The Tonight Show. This is, a, this is back when he was just a stand-up comic. And he used to go on uh, Late Night with David Letterman once a month. And they would just go back and forth, and they were hilarious together. They they were friends from the comedy store back in those days, and, you know, previously. And they were, um, yeah, he would come on there, and he would, uh, and um, he and, you know, Jay and and, and, um, 
and David Letterman would go back and forth. It was funny as hell. Every time he was on there, it was great, you know. So he was. This was before the Tonight Show, right? And he he was like the considered to be one of the best stand up comics in the world, you know. And he played this place up in Charleston called Michael B's Deli. I mean, it's literally a restaurant. Jay Leno, we're talking about. <laughs> he played this restaurant in Charleston, West Virginia. He did two shows, an early show and a late show, in a, in a restaurant. Like a, it's almost like an Applebee's or something. I'm not even kidding. And, he, and, he, and he, just, he came out there and did a full show. He was hilarious. The guy was funny. I mean, when he went on The Tonight Show, um, people were like, this guy's lame. He has no edge. He's just lame. That's, that's the opinion now. That's, that's the general opinion of him. He's lame. He's like some kind of middle of the road, you know. But he was funny. He was he was like considered to be one of the best stand-ups in, in the world at that time. So he played this little club and I went up there with some with two of my friends, Billy and Vincent, and we when we watched the show and it was fun. You know, he was hilarious. And then we went over and talked to him in between the sets, and the guy had no interest in talking to us. <laughs> he was like uh, he wasn't I mean, he didn't tell us to buzz off. But he wasn't. Uh, he, he was showing no interest, you know. He he, he was just, uh, wouldn't even make eye contact with us. So we just kind of wandered off. But he was all right. He made some comments. He went on Letterman and made some comments about Charleston, West Virginia. He talked about it on there. I'd like to see film of that now. You know, I'd like to see. I don't, I don't know if it exists. It's probably out there somewhere. Pissed a bunch of people off because he was kind of making fun of uh, Charleston, West Virginia. You know, he said he said when they landed at the at the airport, he thought that there was some kind of like mistake that they'd landed in the parking lot of a Denny's, stuff like that. You know, and um, he was talking about how people uh, were. He said the thing was set up; it wasn't even set up for comedy. It was like booths, and people were like turned around backwards in their booths, and you could just see their eyes up above the booth back. You know, and, he, and I think he I think he made some comments about everything was like covered in soot and stuff like that you know pissed a bunch of people off but whatever he's a comedian you know so um so that was the second one i saw uh jay leno michael b's deli charleston west virginia I was young i don't know how old i was maybe like uh 21 somewhere 21 22 somewhere in that neighborhood then i saw sam kennison at uh, in greensboro at the coliseum there that was fun. I went with this guy Eddie Eddie Thacker from Peaches. That was when you know. I think that was uh, I don't know what uh, he you know. It was kind of later. He was doing that wild thing, you know that bullshit he was doing. If you know anything about that, he he, he started doing like music and stuff. But he was good. He was funny. He's I like him. You know, he was a uh, pretty hilarious. He was out there screaming and yelling and. You know, he did the full set. It was fun. You know, good stuff. Dead now, of course. Got killed in, the, I don't know, the guy's like death by misadventure or something. I mean, he was destined for death by misadventure. Next, Robert Schimmel. Yeah. You, are you familiar? If you're familiar with him, you know how great he was. One of the greats, Robert Schimmel. I saw him in um, Anaheim, California um, at a WIA convention. He, he, had, he had an album on uh, Warner Brothers, I think, 
comedy album, a couple of them actually, but at this point it was just the first one. And he, I, I listened to that thing ten thousand times. That thing is hilarious. I listened to it recently. That thing is like relentlessly funny. I mean, just there's no dull spots in it. It's just hilarious, totally filthy, right? So at these conventions, they would have uh, musicians usually. You know, they have musicians playing all the time. During your lunch hour, you know, when you're having lunch, there'd be a band up there playing. There'd, there'd be uh, bands playing in the evening, like one band after another after another, and then they'd have like a headliner, you know. And then um, at this one night, they said, uh, if, if you guys are, you know, if you still want to keep on partying, you can head on over to the uh, to the lobby bar, and Robert Schimmel is going to be uh, doing a full set over there. Robert Schimmel. I was like, what the? Freaking serious? Like, we're in a bar in a, in a hotel. <laughs> Small little bar. He comes out there, and he just rocks the place. I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life. I was dying laughing. I, of all the ones that I've seen, of all the ones that I've seen, uh, he was the one. He had that place. He just came out there. With, he was completely fearless. Saying some of the most outlandish things, <laughs> you know, things that should not be said, you know, had that place rocking. He was a master. God, he's dead too. He got cancer, beat it, and then promptly died in a car crash. God, it's like a final destination or something. It's like he cheated death, so death came and got him. Ugh. Robert Schimmel. That's one of that's one of the ones that I love. I mean, that's one of the ones I'm so happy I got to see him. I'm happy I got to see Sam Kennison too. You know, um, yeah, these are uh, these are some of the greats. The next one was also at a WIA convention. Like at the last night of the WIA convention, it's a three night thing, uh, and there's bands playing, musicians playing all the time, all kinds of different genres. You know, it's just a continue. But the last night, the, the the big blowout, you know, the last night of the of the convention, they bring in like a heavy hitter, you know. Generally speaking, they try to bring in, they try to close it out with a with a big name artist. They try to keep it, try to keep it a secret until the end. And some of them, the first one I went to was Iggy Pop. That was crazy. He had that. He cleared the room. Man, that was that was fun. That was in San Francisco, and then I saw—I uh, don't know—I've I saw uh, Prince. Prince played in Chicago. I saw uh, let's see, Dwight Yoakam. I think that was in uh, Los Angeles, and then I—I I, I saw who else? War. <laughs> That's a weird one. War played one of those things. Headlined it. That was weird. That was in Dallas. They were trying to resurrect that band, you know, the Cisco Kid and all that, Low Rider, all that stuff. Why can't we be friends? All that stuff. They, they, they had a bunch of hits in the seventies, but uh, they were trying to resurrect their career. They, they, they thought that they had a hit album. They, they thought they were going to have seven singles off their new off this album that they recorded. This is in the nineties. And the thing was a dud. But they came out. There's like 20 people on stage, you know. They're playing, you know. It was uh, it was good, but God, some of these things are a little disappointing. One time, uh, Rod Stewart, I can't remember what city that was in. Rod Stewart came out and played. 
I don't know. So they try to bring out somebody who was, uh, you know, you know, a superstar, a star at least, and um, try to close the convention on a bang, right? So one time they had it in Atlanta, right, which was a ripoff because I didn't even get a hotel room because I lived local. I lived there, and then so they didn't even give us hotel rooms. So part of the reason you go to these conventions is a giant party, you know? It's like I can't even hardly drink. I can't drink because I got to drive home. I mean, I did, but, you know, I had to stop, you know, because I, you know, I got to drive home and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble, you know? It sucks. It kind of cramps your style. The company wouldn't, I guess I could have got my own hotel room, but it's, it's a fancy-ass place. But anyway... This one uh, was like uh, in Atlanta, which is uh, that's no fun. I like to travel and stay in a hotel and stay in the hotel where the convention's going on, you know. And um, so, you know, they kept it secret. Then we find out that it's going to be uh, Jeff Boxworthy. He's going to close the thing out. And I was like, what the hell is this? What kind of bullshit is this? Jeff Boxworthy? <laughs> I was like super disappointed. I was like, what the? I mean, it's Atlanta. I mean, they could have had the Black Crows or somebody, you know. There's plenty of musicians to choose from. It's like, what in the hell? So he came out there. I was like, this is this is bullshit, you know. He came out there. The guy's a total pro, you know. He knows what he's doing. He he knows what the shit's going on, I can tell you that much. And he, he came out there, and he had that place rocking, too. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the Robert Schimmel category. I wouldn't personally, but he was funnier than I, uh, I mean, I like, I don't have anything against him. I just feel like, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but, um, he was, he was surprisingly hilarious. You know, I mean, I don't have anything against him, but I didn't think it was going to be that funny. It was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Let's put it that way. So that was at a WIA convention. Speaking of that WIA convention, I was uh, I got I won some award at that thing. It was a national convention, huge ballroom. You know, people from all around the country, possibly other countries too. I don't know. It's just a big, huge ballroom of people, and I win uh, inventory manager of the year or something like that. Inventory manager of the year. Uh, I think it's it's hanging right here. Oh, it's Video Inventory Manager of the Year, Atlanta, 1995. It's hanging right here. Got this giant plaque and a, and a, and a check for $500, <laughs> right? And um, so I, I had to go up there and give like a little uh, thank you. I was like, I, I didn't even know I was in the running. I was just sitting there just like, uh, you know, nursing a rolling rock or whatever, you know, and I'm, I'm half buzzed, you know. You know, they call my name. I'm like, what? Duh. I gotta go up in front of all these people. <laughs> so anyway, and then Jeff Foxworthy came out later and uh, rocked the place. <sighs> anyway, um, let's see what next. And then um, the last two, Bill Burr, Bill Burr, I saw at uh, here locally somewhere uh, Bethlehem, I think. Funny, really funny. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that guy. You know, really good. Enjoyed the shit out of that. You know, can't go wrong with Bill Burr. And then finally, the most recent was Louis C.K. I was in Redding, Pennsylvania. What a shithole town that is. <laughs> this theater was nice. And uh, Louis was hilarious. Love Louis C.K. God, how could you not like Louis C.K.? I know people, I know there's a controversy about him. 
you know, he's uh, there's he's got he's got some issues, I guess. I don't know, but whatever. He's a great comedian, funny as shit. I mean, his observations are perfect. Love that guy. So, so those are the those are the stand ups I've seen in my life. I'll be adding Shane Gillis this weekend, or yeah, this coming weekend. I have no doubt it'll be great. So. There you go. Who have you seen? Who, who? What stand-up comics have you seen? Let us know. Give me a call. Tell me about. Tell me a, about your most memorable stand-up comic performance that you saw live. You know what I'm saying? Five seven zero two nine one eight one five one. That's the number. Call me round the clock. You don't have to call about a comedian if you don't want to. You can call about anything. But uh, yeah, the hotline's out there for you. Uh, finally, we'll talk about something very disappointing to me this morning. So the baseball season's over. You know, as you know, the World Series is the Texas Rangers won their first World Series in history. They've been around since like 1960, I think. The World Series is a difficult thing to win, you know. Um, so anyway, um, that's over. And uh, so now there's all the... You know the hot stove league, as they call it. You can, they can start trade trading and uh, signing, starting on Monday, five days after the World Series. They can start uh, signing free agents, and there's all kinds of maneuvering that goes on during the winter. There's the winter meetings, and uh, you know there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in the winter. So, uh, so that that stuff started. So they they had until uh, Sunday evening, I think, to make a decision on Joey Votto. Joey Votto is their uh, the Cincinnati Reds star. He's been with the Reds since uh, well, for seventeen seasons. He's forty. He's old. I mean, he's he's kind of old for a baseball player, and he's been hurt the last two seasons. He hasn't been hitting very well. But uh, I think a lot of that has to do with his being hurt. And, uh, you know, there was some talk about him hanging it up, you know, because he's played every game with the Reds. He got signed by the Reds. He came up through the farm system with the Reds. He's played 17 seasons with the Reds. He's a superstar. He's probably going to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame when he retires. You know, he's a, he's one of the greats. So um, the Reds hold a $20 million option for one more season. He had this long-term uh, contract. And it's at the end, and they have the the team has an option. They can bring him back for one more year, or they can um, pay him out seven million dollars and just let him become a uh, free agent. That's the way the contract's written. So I was like, I don't know. I don't think these guys. You know, I think they need to bring him back. I wanted them to bring him back just on an emotional level because he's a superstar, and I don't know. They didn't really, you know. They didn't really uh, do anything to commemorate him or anything because nobody knew what he was going to do. So there was some talk about him retiring, but then maybe like right after the, you know, right after the red season ended, he said he went on a he went on a, a talk show and said, "I want to play at least one more season." You know, I think I, I don't want to go out this way. I want to you know I want to do one more season. I hope it's with the Reds. So they had until Sunday evening. I was telling Tony this morning. Sitting in there drinking coffee, I was looking at my tablet, and I said, "I said the Reds have until Sunday evening to make a decision on Joey Votto, on whether they're going to bring him back or not." And um, she was like, "Yeah." 
okay, well, that's mesmerizing. I mean, that's that's the tone. She didn't actually say that. She like her tone was, I don't, whatever. I don't give two shits. That was her tone. Um, I said, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to bring him back, which sucks. It makes me sick. You know. And as I was talking, um, the thing popped up on Twitter. I was looking at Twitter, like as I was talking about it, bam! There was a there was a tweet from the Cincinnati Reds. It said they weren't bringing him back. They were not. They were going to decline the twenty million dollar option. And they're going to pay him out the seven million and uh, let him become a free agent. And uh, they said we don't, we can't give him. You know, he's not going to be a starter on this team. Um, he he deserves to you know play every day, and you know we're not able to provide that. So it sucks. It sucks. It feels. I mean, I understand it. I understand it uh, intellectually, I guess. And if you were a cold-hearted bitch. With no emotions, you know, and, and 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 history. There's no history attached to it or anything. This is Joey Votto we're talking about. What in the hell? You just let him walk? That guy's an icon. What the? I don't know. It makes me sick. I'm getting all fired up just talking about it. So he's gone. I mean, they, they said, well, people are saying, well, they could resign him at a cheaper rate. I mean, if he's a free agent, the Reds could sign him. They're not going to sign him. They're, they're not going to. They have a history of this kind of stuff. They won't even make him an offer. I know they won't. I just know how they I know how they operate. So that's the end of that. You know, just unceremoniously just jettison a superstar, you know, who's spent their entire career playing for one team. There's like, nah, we're done. All right, moving on. I mean, I understand they can't pay him $20 million when he hits like 194 or something. I understand that. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like they could have worked something out. They could have gave him the, you know, give him the seven million and then sign him immediately to a $3 million contract, 10 million total. Get him for 10 more, you know, 10 million bucks. And then, uh, you know, Nick has one more year and they could say goodbye to him in, 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 in style. You know, that's what I was hoping for. Should have known. And I did know. I knew deep down this is what they were going to do. Eh, baseball is a tough, cruel sport. It is a cruel sport. The just the business side of it's cruel. The game itself is cruel. It's the weirdest game, where if you if you bear down and try to work harder, it's a weird sport. If you you know what I'm saying, if you try if you try harder and you're and you're bearing down and trying to do good, the worse you do. It seems. It's. I mean, I don't. It's hard to even explain. Like in in football, I, I think you could just like I'm gonna go out there. I'm just gonna, you know, and just go out there and just like get a, an adrenaline rush and just go out there and just and just kick ass. In baseball, you can't do that. I mean, there's there. It's not. It's it's a whole different set of circumstances. <laughs> you know, you, the the harder you push, the worse you often do. It's it's a tough sport. People don't give it the credit that it deserves, and um, I don't know. It's disappointing. Uh, it's kind of I'm kind of bummed about it all day. I've been thinking about it. I keep talking about it, and Tony's like, "All right, you know." I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what do I? What I, I don't? A, I don't give a shit, and B, I don't know why you're making such a big deal. It's Joey Votto, man. Okay, what do you mean? Anyway.
So that's what I've been thinking about all day long. Sucks. God. Even though I knew it was coming, uh, intellectually I knew. I know how these guys operate. I know what they're going to do. They're not going to make him an offer. And he's probably going to go sign with somebody else, and he's going to be wearing another team's uniform, which will, uh I hate that. Like, when I see old classic Reds, like when I was a kid, players from when I was a kid that I loved, like Joe Morgan, for instance, wearing another team's uniform, like a, a Phillies uniform or something like that, or the Giants or something. I think he played for the Giants. God, no way. That stuff's terrible. It, it almost it, it hurts my soul. <laughs> to have him playing for another team, wearing another team's uniform, it's unthinkable. Ah, getting depressed. All right, we're doing this thing. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> let me know about your. Uh, let me know about those uh, comedians that you've seen. Have you seen any? Have you seen any of the like the? I never saw Carlin. I never. I never saw uh, Pryor. Of course. You know, I never. I never had a chance to see Richard Pryor. I would have loved to see him. But um, you know what? Who who have you seen? Any, anybody the, that really sticks out in your mind? Have you seen any? About Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> kind of. He kind of surprised me. He was really good. The guy's a pro. Those guys are pros. You know, some when you reach that level, they they know what they're doing. They're, you're not going to come away uh, unhappy when one of those shows. But anyway, we're at the end of this thing. Thank you guys for listening. And um, yeah, give me a call five seven zero two nine zero. I think I had the wrong number earlier. 570-290-8151. That's the number. You know, it's in the show notes too. Also, uh, head on over to surfreportpod.com. There's some good stuff up there. I put photographs up there and um, links and whatnot. It's a value-added service, surfreportpod.com. You can listen to the podcast over there too, you know, if you want to. And uh, I think that's enough. Thank you guys for everything. I appreciate it. I hope you... Hope you guys are having a great day. Until next time, which will be over on the uh, Patreon. I'm, I'm screwing this thing up nine ways to Sunday. <laughs> I didn't say anything about Patreon. But Patreon, if you want, if you, want, if you want two a week, you know, you know the whole thing. Head on over to Patreon.com/slash/JeffK and get an extra episode every week. It costs four dollars a month. It's nothing. You won't even notice it. But you'll get an extra episode of this podcast every week. And some of them aren't even this messed up. You know, it's amazing. So anyway, until next time, which will be over on the Patreon site. Hope you guys have yourselves a fine, fine day. I'll see you. Bye. You're a slave to the stick. <laughs>